When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in. It's a Friday road show. Hail Varsity Radio. We are at the Single Barrel. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you as uh, you're invited down to the Single Barrel inside the graduate. Uh, One more time, one final time this college basketball season for us for Real Red Tip-Off. It is Nebraska. It is Iowa. 8 o'clock tonight. So uh, make your dinner plans to get a big old thick steak or a pork chop or a burger or that butcher's board that has all sorts of goodies uh, down here at the Single Barrel. Plenty of uh, beer and wine to choose from. Their uh, wheelhouse is whiskey, 250 choices. And, uh, hey, uh, get one poured when you're down here at the Single Barrel. Numbers to get in today with Hale Varsity. A few Iowa fans milling outside, 466 5865. can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So the news that came out last night on the network, uh, Trev Alberts had his monthly radio show. Trev says, yep, year four, it'll be the mayor. Fred Hoiberg will be back in Lincoln. I know he had his uh, presser yesterday uh, before today's action against Iowa and uh, you just had to wonder where things were going we had kind of circled a March 10th date as to a decision well Trev made the decision Fred's uh, been in contact with Trev Trev's been in contact with Fred it's been an ongoing deal uh, through this basketball season Uh, some Sunday meetings I would presume similar to Coach Frost and Trev. Trev being very active and hands-on, and the door's been open. The lines of communication have been there, and uh, it's going to be a fourth year for Fred Hoiberg. Thoughts on that? Uh, I know the outlash or the, uh, the the backlash has been pretty strong in opposition of, of giving – Fred, a fourth year based on how bad this year has looked. And what's the old line from Christmas Vacation? We're at the threshold of hell, Ellen. <laughs> how can it get any worse? Well, uh, it, the, the point is, is it, it can get better. And I don't know the faith level you have of Fred being the guy to make things better. I think he'll adjust. I think he can adapt. And I think he'll have to make some changes clearly onto his staff on top of style of play and who he's recruiting and the character he's bringing in. I'm not saying he can't do it, but what's your what's your 180 look like this time a year from now? 
and what does Trev want or expect. So we'll get into that. We'll have some thoughts from Jacob Padilla, Hoops Insider with Hale Varsity, Bill Dolman next hour, and then uh, Husker Baseball thoughts with uh, great Husker standout All-American and World Series champ with the Yanks, Jabba Chamberlain, going to pop in, give us his take on you know where Nebraska goes into this second weekend series against TCU down in Arlington against uh, number 17 in the country. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-800-825-5865. Elijah, you and I are both pretty shocked that that Fred's back, and I think it's twofold. And Trev had a really good sit-down this morning with the World Herald and uh, Sam McEwen. And the, the reality is this. The, the 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 reason for making a move now is because it, it's been bad. It's been bad for three years, and fans can't take it anymore. You've seen a, attendance dwindle, even through sub five hundred years under Miles. PBA was still tipping the scale at thirteen to fifteen thousand. Okay, uh, you had people showing up despite just one tournament trip for this basketball program in the last billion years, it feels like. You had two years under Tim. One they went, another they knocked on the door, and then Tim was ousted. Fine. You go get Fred, and everyone's high-fiving because, man, Fred Hoiberg in college basketball, not only as a player, but what he did at Iowa State was incredible. All they did was go to the tournament. All they did was go to the Sweet 16, it felt like, and then he even went to the playoffs with the Bulls, and then it went sideways with that Chicago roster. Trev's take is accurate. Look, if you're worried about the short term and losing fan support, attendance and season tickets and people showing up and season ticket renewals, look, you're already there. You're already there and you're either going to show up or you're not in protest or frustration or you can't take it anymore because it's been a lot of bad basketball. So making a move right now uh, isn't going to bring you back this year. Will it bring you back next year? Maybe. But why not try and fix it and give Fred a chance to write it? This is a big-picture play for Trev Alberts. It is for football. It is for basketball. And then you have that building project that's ongoing. Uh, UNL is going to make a lot of money off athletics. You have the new rights fees that are on the horizon. They're going to pay a ton of money out. Nebraska does well, but you're dealing with COVID shortfall. You're trying to finish the building, and I don't know where fundraising is at, but it's not a black hole. I think they're doing okay there. But then you factor in potential buyouts near $40 million if football doesn't get fixed and then basketball. Listen, $18.5 million is just too much. Uh, quite frankly, $250,000 shaved off his, confra- his contract from three hundred fifty to three twenty five is a joke. It should have been at minimum a half a million dollars. And erasing the retention bonus uh, that, that helps factor into that $4.5 million shave job is fine. Eleven is better than 15, uh, but still, it's, it's still a lot of money. And big picture take on this, Elijah, is Fred is going to give these guys a chance to get it fixed. Fred wants, to, I should say, Trev wants to be a part of the solution, which is great. And this is your, your signal. This is your flair 
out to potential coaches in football and specifically basketball that you're going to be a patient AD. You're not there to just start chopping heads off, and you're going to give guys a chance to succeed even though they predate your time and the struggles have been very mighty and very real. So this is a long-term patience play. That's what's plagued Nebraska athletics when it comes to being stuck in the mud is you've been hitting reset quite a bit in a lot of sports since success happened consistently in basketball and football simultaneously. So I I get where Trev's coming from. Uh, I don't know if it's more of the money or if it's the faith or kind of a combination of both uh, when it comes to Fred being retained. I'm all right with it. Uh, Let's see what happens with some new guys on staff. The the point of this is, Elijah, is he going to be able to uh, win in the Big Ten, recruit differently, embrace recruiting, first of all? Is he going to be able to to be hands-on? I have no problem that he can identify talent, but can he add it? Can he can he identify character and attitude to go with talent? And can they be cohesive and play together? He's not going to magically get a NCAA tournament team next year, but can they not uh, have three or four instances where they just flat out quit? That's not heard of when it comes to Nebraska. You can get beat and you can get drilled by twenty. Sparty almost got beat by thirty the other night by Iowa. It happens in this league. But what's your effort level like? And that's your difference too. And when you get this arguing match between Frost and, and Fred, right? Uh, well, uh, football's been damn competitive at least last year with a murderous schedule. Basketball, not so much. So. Uh, the point of this to me is I think money was the biggest factor, but Fred's got to do some coaching rehab, right? You, you, you failed in Chicago the last couple of years where it just looked like you lost control. Kind of looks like that a little bit this year where you've had instances of guys quitting. So uh, I hope Fred's able to rehab it. I, I wish him well because I like Fred, and I do think he knows basketball, but he's got to be able to reinvent like he did at Iowa State. He's got to have a 2.0 version of that for a fourth year in Lincoln. He's at least getting it. See, the difference between the situation with football and situation with basketball is I think as a neutral, from a neutral perspective, you can look at the football program and say, yeah, that football program's in a better place whenever Frost took over. From when you look at the downward trajectory of the program under Mike Riley, where Frost started at, where he was at last year, the, the football program looked better. The basketball program doesn't look any better than when Fred it took over. It looks way worse. It looks way worse than, than even 2018. You look at that team with Palmer and company, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's not that far long ago. No, <laughs> okay? it, it, it's, it's, it's not. And Fred has currently only taken this basketball program in a downward trajectory. So, I mean, if you're talking about what it's going to take next year for Fred to, to keep his job, I mean, uh, Trev Albert said he's, he's going to have goals and guidelines in place for this next year. He's not going to disclose the between year, him and though? Fred. That, that's the thing is, in a year, can you get this program to 500 in conference play? Because, I, I mean, that's not necessarily an unreasonable ask for how much you're paying Fred Hoiberg. I mean, it's a little bit unreasonable you look at where the program is at now. So I'm wondering what those what those goals are going to be for Fred Hoiberg. And, like, I mean, you, you look at it, Fred Hoiberg should be getting 500% or 50% of his wins from conference play by year four. Is he going to be able to do that next year? Is he going to be able to turn over the roster that much? I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. Gonna... I am surprised that Trev has already made the announcement he's going to stick around and it's not a a longer, more drawn-out process of deciding whether or not to keep them. Well, and maybe it is just as simple as $18.5 mm-hmm. Let's figure out a way to shave it down. 
but I think Trev's done a great job of showing patience here. The other side of it, too, is this. Uh, the cupboard's going to be empty, whether whether Fred's here or not. So you're going to have another roster turnover. So can you actually pour some concrete with the foundation with this basketball program versus going and finding uh, a plethora of transfers that, for the most part, have been big-time misses? Like, they've, they've had their roles, and some guys have been better than others. But the last three years, they, they've not hit at all. They've hit on Banton, and they hit on McGowan's. Everyone else has been a lot of, lot of foam and not much beer uh, when it comes to collectively playing together. And even in the JUCO process, that's not been anything but shaky, uh, quite honestly, when you talk about playing at a high level in the Big Ten. The other, the other aspect of this is who knows if you'd hire the right guy. Would you get it right uh, if you were to replace Fred? I mean, who's, who's going to go want the job? There's a plenty of guys out there that want a Power 5 gig in the Big Ten, and there's some darn good mid-major coaches. But you're either stuck with recycling some Power 5 guys that might be on their way out, out a la Mike Riley at Oregon State in the basketball world, or you're taking a flyer that, man, you're, you're going to hit uh, the, the next, to, to reference it, Danny Nee coming from Ohio to Lincoln, right, getting it right that way. Uh, or... Uh, Craig Smith, right? And I know he's just brand new at Utah, but climbing up from where he did, uh, looking at his coaching resume and coaching history. Let's hear from Trev. This was from the network last night, and Trev announcing that that Fred will be back for, for next season with Nebraska basketball. Fred will be back as our coach, and uh, one of the things that, that we're going to do is that, um, you know, Fred, uh, as, as we continued meeting and talking about the future of, of, of men's basketball, you know, I asked him for, you know, some vision and some planning and, and what can we do in our program to change um, because we just we can't continue doing this. And um, he presented a plan to me and, and ultimately um, sold that plan to me and, and uh you know, he's agreed to restructure his contract, which I think is really important. You know, Fred really likes it here. Fred wants to be here. Um, I've known Fred for a long time. Fred was in Indianapolis when I was with the Colts. He was actually playing. I was doing a lot of watching. He was with uh, the Pacers. But, uh, you know, Fred's built successful teams. Uh, I've watched him do that. And so, uh, you know, he's going to reduce his... Um, his salary next year to $3.25 million. He's going to give up a $500,000 stay bonus uh, to help us make some of the changes that he'd like to make in the future. And uh, then we're reducing uh, the buyout amount to $11 million. So we'll have some similar metrics like we did uh, with football. Those will be confidential between Fred and I. Uh, and uh, um, I'm, I'm just looking forward to working with Fred. Um, you know, we need to reorient this, this program. And uh, he's committed to doing it. I'm committed to working with him. Again, it's been seven months. And uh, I, um, I'm, I'm excited about the future, and we need to finish strong. Um, but clearly, um, we need to do some things differently, and Fred's committed to doing that. And I'm committed to working with him uh, to try to exact the kind of change uh, that we need to be successful in the Big Ten. Trev Alberts from his uh, radio show on the network last night. Do we have time to squeeze in uh, success in the Big Ten? More from Trev and what that needs to look like from Fred. At the end of the day, um, it really isn't that hard to figure out. Obviously, talent's really important, but every conference is different, whether it be football, basketball. Uh, but there's a certain style, there's a certain uh, level uh, and attribute of both player and program that's necessary to compete. 
And, you know, you're just not going to win in the Big Ten Conference if you're not tough, if you don't play defense, if you're not unselfish with a basketball, if you're not team-oriented, if you're not cohesive, and if you don't rebound. That uh, was Trev Alberts nailing it. <laughs> I mean, that is capital T on that. You got to be tough. You got to be unselfish and you got to be physical and you got to be a, a team that wants to play together. And too many times in the last three years, you have picked the wrong horse, so to speak, horses, uh, hoping that they would be able to gel together and play together. And it's been uh, – agenda oriented and uh, that's not been good we'll get some thoughts from Jacob Padilla on uh, Nebraska basketball and what Fred can do Uh, more thoughts from Jacob on the high school scene as districts uh, knocking on the door Bill Dolman in the green room for hour two Pride of Fairbury will be with us Jabba Chamberlain also we're down here at the single barrel real red tip off in front of Nebraska Iowa come see us Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery hello listener hey it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity Radio and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. Real Red Tip-Off. We're in front of Nebraska, Iowa on the road. Uh, Roadshow Friday here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. Uh, I am thinking real hard about a Bony and pork chop, maybe several. They're incredible down here. Uh, plenty of food and drink specials. The steaks are to die for. I, I see the thought bubble with Jacob Padilla saying, what sounds good for dinner? Elijah Herbal back at our studios. Jacob, thanks for joining us. We're streaming here on StreamYard, Facebook, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, also ESPN Lincoln's Twitter. You can find Jacob on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore. So the, the news came out uh, with Trev last night that Fred's back. And, Jacob, I want to start there. Uh, are you surprised that, that, that Fred's coming back? Uh, I, I don't think that you're a betting man. Maybe you are, but – I know I would have bet the other way, and it's not that I wanted that. I just thought, you know, three years of 20 losses was maybe a little bit too much. I know 18.5 is also a large number, but your reaction to last night's news? Yeah, I I guess I am a a, a little surprised, although maybe we shouldn't be just considering it's the exact same move he pulled with Scott Frost. And it just seems like Trev came into this situation, and he's at a place where while dealing with the the financial uh, limitations and like that side of it, he just decided he wants to come in and he believes in himself and his own ability to work through situations and to help provide his coaches the best chance to get things done. And he wants to, I mean, he, he's been here for one year. He wants to give these guys a chance to 
fix it and show that they actually like that that they're willing to do whatever it takes to, to get it done and um so it the different i mean football and basketball are a little different situation just based mm-hmm. on the way it looked on the field even if the records aren't too dissimilar um and, and that's the biggest obstacle here with, with hoiberg coming back is uh, it just it, it's looked so bad this year and i think that turned off a lot of fans so it, it's always impossible to know um what percentage of the fan base is in favor versus against obviously there's the vocal uh, minority and but there are so many other people out there that you just don't hear from so but it, it does seem like <laughs> frost had a, a lot more support than, than hoiberg does among the fan base at this point so that, that that's the gamble that that trev alberts is making is that whatever that whatever hoiberg does whatever changes he makes that they can win the fans back early in next season because if it looks the exact same thing uh, next year, uh, the attendance numbers are going to uh, be very, uh, very scary for Nebraska next season. So I think there, there will be changes. Uh, obviously, uh, Trev Alberts talked about the, 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 the changes to the contract and to the buyout. Um, Hoiberg giving up significant money in both of those areas. Um, but I think we'll see some staff changes as well. And then we'll see kind of following those staff changes that the final pieces they can put on what this roster will look like next year. Cause there's always a transfer portal. I think they'll, they'll look to that to add a key piece or two in addition to the guys they've already got signed. So I, I don't know how quickly they can turn it around, how quickly staff changes can, can make that big of a difference um, in year one, but they're, they're going to give it a shot. Jacob Adilla is with us. Hail Varsity Roadshow Friday here at the Single Barrel. Jacob, let's talk about how the fix happens. You mentioned the portal, the recruiting class. But overall, philosophically, it's got to be different. Trev touched on it last night where it's got to be a tough team. And uh, just from a from a size and a, a, you know, a physicality standpoint, Nebraska has not had that. They've been way more finesse. They've, they've had some incredible athletes, and they, they've had two guys. You look at um, – uh, McGowan's he'll he'll go to the NBA or has that opportunity. You look at Banton last year; he's in the league, so it's not that they can't identify talent. The meshing part's been an issue, but uh, can, do you believe Fred can can identify a, a different looking and feeling Nebraska team? Can they go be a gritty, tough team? And from a from a schematic standpoint, in your opinion, you know what what does Nebraska need to tweak? Uh, it, it starts with the evaluation and the, the, the truth is that they just missed on their evaluation of so many of these players and not only individually what they are as players, but how they fit together. This roster, there just aren't enough guys that can contribute at a big 10 level consistently and that fit together. So it's a, it's a question of talent. It's a question of fit all of the above. That's the problem with this roster right now. And, yeah, they've been able to land some key. Uh, you mentioned Banton as uh, as a transfer. They, they got Bryce McGowan's, but uh, it, it's not the top end guy. It's the two, three, four, five. It's all the way up and down the lineup. Where um, I kind of put tweeted out a thread the other day, looking at Bryce McGowan's numbers and pointing out some of the kind of uh, the optimistic things, the underlining things within his uh, shot profile and what he's done well this season and where he struggled and what he's had to do because of the team around him. 
Uh, th this team just hasn't had consistent floor spacing. They haven't had I high IQ basketball players. And that's the biggest deal. I think next season, whether it's the guys they've got coming in, whoever they go out and add to this mix, they have to get higher IQ basketball players that understand the plays they need to make. They're not going to go out and be able to stack up with the best athletes, the most talented players in the Big Ten this, next season. But they're going to have to play smart basketball to be able to hang in these games. They're going to have to be able to play smart basketball to do what Fred Hoiberg wants to do. And you look at those Iowa State teams, he had guys like Melvin Edgem and Monte Morris and George Niang uh, and Royce White, all these guys that um, fit what Hoiberg wanted to do and were good basketball players, but they're good decision makers and they're unselfish and, and they understand how to play the game. And too many of these guys just aren't that way on this roster right now. And that's been the case throughout the three years in Lincoln. So it's starting with the evaluation who they are going to add to this team, how they fit together. I think he's going to have to overhaul the way that they've been recruiting. Um, and that's the biggest change that needs to start. Um, and then beyond that, uh, they're going to have to find a way to get some instant impact guys. And then we'll see what tweaks that he makes on the court um, and whether or not he gets some players in that are able to execute what he does try to do. Because, I mean, Fred Hoiberg is, is a good X's and O's basketball coach. He knows basketball concepts. That's not the issue with this team. The problem is he just hasn't the, – the, there's just been a disconnect between what he wants to do and whether the players are capable of, whether uh, it's the way that he's trying to impart the, those, that, that knowledge to the players. There's just been some kind of disconnect. Um, so th that's got to get fixed. And they've got to find a way to be able to, to compete in, in these games right away next season. Jacob Adil is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Jacob, you just did a great job laying out what could look different on the court. But I want to move into to off the court because we had Trev Albert say in his segment last night that some of this money that they're uh, reducing from the buyout and from the salary is going to go towards uh, assistant coaches, essentially. He, he alluded to that. So what do you think could look different uh, among Fred Hoiberg's coaching staff next season? Yeah, um, I, I think just based on what we've seen of Nate Lenzer uh, being more active in the community, taking on a larger role within local recruiting and Midwest recruiting, and just kind of being more of a face for the program out in the community, and the fact that Hoiberg just brought him in this year, I, I think we'll definitely see Nate Lenzer back again next season. And then beyond that, um, I, I think that's kind of where we'll, we'll start to see what decisions Hoiberg makes and where the tweaks happen. Um, I, I, I'm not going to speculate. I, I don't know what connections Fred may have out there that um, that, that he, he could go land somebody he's worked with previously, or he could go out and try to land um, just a, an experienced veteran coach who maybe uh, is done in the lead chair and is ready to kind of close out his career, like a Phil Mortelli type with, uh, with Michigan and Juwan Howard, somebody like that that could – better that can help him kind of navigate through being a, a college basketball coach. We know Fred's done it before, but then also he's, he's spent more time in the NBA than he has at college. I think between his front office experience, his playing experience, and, and then his uh, time with the Bulls. Um, so uh, a little bit more experience at the college level and, and what it takes uh, that, 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 uh, that can never hurt. So I, I think I, I don't really have any names at this point in terms of a short list and uh, as far as who might he go out to get, but I do think we're going to see a restructuring both in who is on the staff and kind of how the, the staff works in terms of recruiting and evaluating and, and then uh, working it out on, on the practice court as well.
Jacob Adil is with us. Jacob, uh, Fred's going to either have to learn to, to love recruiting <laughs> or, or find uh, uh, a guy that has several on his staff uh, if he goes that direction that uh, can, can better evaluate, and, and we'll see. But, you know, I, I, you don't ever want anyone to lose their job. It's been really tough to watch. You've been at every game, and it's, you know, God love you for covering it uh, like you have because it ain't personal, and Nebraska fans are never that way. But, man, it's just been, been tough, and you nailed it with the IQ take, just making the right play, uh, being able to, to go execute that. Uh, football here, about two minutes. Position group. What position battle are you most interested to watch here come Monday? Uh, it's probably, well, I think the, the offensive line is going to be the most important one, uh, just in terms of we have no idea who's going to be the center, uh, who are going to be the tackles, who's going to be healthy, who's not. Like, There's just so many question marks about that position. And uh, obviously we know how important it is and how big of, a, of, of an issue it was last year. And we knew uh, a lot of those guys were in their first or second year starting. So do we see these guys under new, uh, new coaching? Does a guy like Turner Corker and take, uh, take a leap or whatever position he may be playing next year? Um, how does that work out? Like do the guys that struggled and lost their jobs, do they get back in there and win a job and, and show improvement this year? Do the transfers come in and immediately win a, a job from, from day one and kind of beef up that line? So that's the most important one. Uh, but I think probably wide receiver. I mean, the, the skill positions uh, are always kind of the the, the most uh, exciting ones, I would say. I think that's the one Mickey Joseph came in right away and talked about, uh, made it a point to talk about Omar Manning and, and Xavier Betts. And I, I think I'm planning to kind of hang out with Mickey Joseph myself uh, at the press conference on Monday and just kind of pick his brain on some of those, and particularly a guy like Betts. And, like, what did he see to single him out as one of the guys that is the most important pieces in that room? And then, obviously, you've got all the newcomers coming in there. Um, so I, I think probably those are the two that, that, that I would highlight uh, right off the top. Well, we had to rephrase that. Mickey Joseph's getting to hang out with Jacob Padilla on, <laughs> on, on Monday. Jacob, we'll uh, see you down at PBA. Thanks again for uh, your input and your time today, and we'll, we'll check in next week, bud. All right, sounds good. There he is. Jacob Padilla with us. Uh, StreamYard uh, can watch his ESPN Lincoln's Facebook on Twitter at ESPN Lincoln. Uh, open phones here till 5. The pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, NBC Sports. On deck for our two job at Chamberlain on the way at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Hail Varsity Road Show Friday here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. Come on by. 
steaks and whiskey and beer and water and wine and maybe a pork chop or two. Iowa is uh, set to invade. The last time uh, you had some some questions about uh, the, the old Tim Miles last stand sticks out to me how Nebraska forced overtime and had a miraculous final home comeback win against Iowa. Fred's going to be back. I'm not ups- I am not upset about that. I just don't know that I'd bet Elijah's money that it's going to be any different next year. But maybe there's uh, some solid foundation. We'll get Bill Dolman's take on Fred getting a fourth year. Great stuff. Got a must. It's a must listen to with Jacob Padilla, Husker Hoops insider, Mr. Basketball. Uh, we had that posted. Uh, we'll have it on on uh, the Twitter handle for audio for you at ESPN Lincoln's Twitter, the on-demand ESPNLincoln.com, and uh, of course can uh, can watch it. And uh, we'll post the video, too. We're streaming here on uh, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter as well, live. So, Jabba Chamberlain next hour on Husker Baseball. So, a couple of departures here to tell you about. Feldarius Payne back in the portal. And then you have Will Nixon. Will Nixon, really talented slot player out of, out of the Texas, re- uh, no, the state of Texas, but kind of the Waco region where his dad was on staff for, for Baylor. And, man, Elijah Getting a guy like Nixon was was big, uh, and the the sad part was is Nixon hurt his knee when he did, and uh, and that was tough for him. And I know he's battled back. You just hate to see a kid like uh, like Nixon take off for Feldarius. Uh, listen, uh, rush end edge guys uh, are are tough to find guys that are contributors and difference makers and pain. Before he got dinged up, had a great Illinois first half. And then uh, that was kind of it as he came back from COVID and and getting dinged. Uh, Either Nebraska's going shopping in the portal, maybe a Mathis sighting could be a reality. It's down to between Texas and Nebraska for for Mathis. O'Shawn, two-time all Big 12 performer. We've told you about the two twins out of North Texas that that are also on the radar. So... Payne just seemed like he was looking. I know he tweeted out his film uh, for prospective spots to land, but his time in Lincoln's done and wish him well. Yeah, and, and Feldarius Payne is one of those guys that I think you're always waiting to, to pop. And I think he was only here two seasons. But it was a guy that, like, you saw the talent, and he'd come in, and he'd flash for a play. And you'd go, wow, you see that pass rush move, how quickly he got off the edge. And then he, he never could keep it up with consistency. Um, it, it is strange to see him go into the portal, come back, and then leave. That's, what, that's why I lean towards Nebraska having someone else coming in to fill that spot where he was a guy who was leaning towards the portal. Probably uh, we don't really know the recruitment, but it didn't sound like uh, he – garnered all that much interest uh, on the transfer portal so he came back to nebraska now entering his name back into the portal it, it just makes you wonder what's going on behind the scenes whether nebraska's got a guy lined up to come in and use that scholarship as for will nixon that's that's another situation i think where uh you get into to spring practice and coming off that knee injury you, you look at the, the talent in the room and you go okay there's a lot more talent different completely different wide receivers coach got to make a brand new first impression with all these other new guys in the room as well who've uh, appear to have a, a lot of talent from what we have seen uh, sitting here. So uh, those are two guys where I just wonder: is, is there something else the coaching staff has that's that's going to take playing time from those guys? That's going to that's that are guys that are going to be uh, more instant impact makers than both Payne and Will Nixon. 
Well, think about the slot. I mean, we, we've got a, a number of spots up for grabs. And listen, we'll, we'll get into quarterbacks as spring goes on. Obviously, replacing center is huge. You've got two to three rotation spots available. We talked with Ron Brown yesterday at running back. Uh, safety, uh, that job is not in cement for Miles Farmer. Uh, he has experience and playmaking ability. The, the, the number two tight end spot is up for grabs uh, on top of uh, the slot position. Samari Toure had an incredible season last year for Nebraska. It was big time. Uh, well wishes to him off to the NFL or, or pro football aspirations, but he performed well in a lot of big games and really kind of broke the seal for Nebraska offensively with so many just gash plays that turned into touchdowns. But you have Garcia Castaneda mm-hmm. that, that is in that slot running. You have Alante Brown that's been here for, I think, three years. So Alante going into year four, and you're waiting for him to pop. And then there's Trey Palmer, the LSU transfer. Palmer is high level, uh, also the kick return threat. Uh, his special teams prowess, uh, impressive when it comes to punt and kick. And then you, you've seen him be able to take the, the dreaded bubble, <laughs> get some downfield blocking, and then tightrope it and go from zero to 60. So they have plenty of candidates. I just wonder, to your point, if the hill was a little too steep to climb for Nixon or maybe he could get a better opportunity somewhere else where it's not so crowded. Uh, we know that, that you've got Oliver Martin, not slot per se, but he, he did line up there. Same with Omar and, of course, Bet Betts. Guys will, I would anticipate, and I don't know, we'll have to ask Mickey Monday, but if, if they're going to cross-train kind of like uh, Coach Fisher does where you get cross-trained at good corner and at safety, are you getting cross-trained at the, the, the multiple receiver spots uh, when you line up for Nebraska, because ideally, if you want to go four wide, three wide, five wide, you're, you're going to need to, I mean, Nebraska could really toy with some teams given protection, obviously. we got to make that, uh, th- that duly noted, given time to throw it. Uh, it it'd be a, a lot of fun to kind of mix and match and find your favorite matchup. I mean, they got... Last year they had they had Omar and and they had Betts and then oh, by the way here comes Toure in the slot on a great matchup against a safety that that couldn't keep up with him. Like case in points the Ohio State game right. So uh, the the slot spot there's three there for Nebraska and uh, Will Nixon is uh, transferring. Will we'll be interesting to see where he he lands of the positions that are up for grabs. What position intrigues you most as we head into Monday? Well, it's a position we, we talked about yesterday, so I'm going to bring it back up again, that JoJo Doman outside linebacker spot. Okay, so it's going to be the, the nickel spot. That, that, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those spots where JoJo just did so much for the defense last season. I'll be curious to see who does, in fact, step up and take that role. Signs right now point to Isaac Gifford, but it's still a long time before August. Uh, so I'll start there defensively. Offensively, uh, I'm going to go with the two guard spots. Um, I know that's not one, but the two guards, left guard and right guard. I, I know tackles are going to get all the uh, all the uh, the press uh, being like they're they're, the big, not they're the, sad about that being a former <laughs> offensive tackle. They're, they're the big money spot, you know, of uh, <laughs> of the NFL. Everyone's talking about tackles. The, they're the husky kids that can move. But guards are the ones that that make the push up front. So I'll be I'll be curious to see who who gets the guard spots uh, next season. Well, yeah, Lutowski, and th- does he come in after being in the program? You know, 
younger player in the program doesn't mean he can't go take a gig. Nuili uh, is there. Yeah, uh, and, and I guess my, my question there is, does, does Nuruddin move to center or does he stay at guard? I think you have a couple of kids you should look at just because uh, Nuri did such a nice job at guard last year when he got in, mm-hmm. okay? And, and I think uh, his mentality and what he does best really matches well with what Riola wants this line to become. So I think you're looking at Piper and Hickson uh, heavy this spring, clearly at center, and then we'll see what Turner gives you. We'll wind down hour one from the single barrel next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour as uh, we are here for a real red tip-off. Nebraska-Iowa, I know tips at eight. That gives you plenty of time to swing on down to the single barrel for dinner, a steak, uh, some chops, a burger, some appetizers. There, I think we had the crab cakes last time we were here. Incredible. The Bernay sauce is to die for with some of their steaks. And, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't. I mean, I'm out of thumbs to put up, man. It's so good. And just ask Coach Jeff Smith uh, how he likes the old butcher's block, right? Uh, <laughs> where you get ribs, you get brisket, you get two steaks, you get a burger. And there is cutlery there, so you can fend off any invaders to your corner of said butcher, bo- butcher block. It, it feeds four and coach smith and i were able to, as two able to take down a little bit and then take junior home a little bit for for some not very long uh, lived leftovers thanks, so thanks Elijah, for your, your, your mouth is watering right now i mean you need to mop your mustache well it's like i can't even come in and, and, and join you after the show because i'm here for high school basketball right after this so i'm just i'm just well, chained you, in here but best are. i can do is the the egg salad sandwich i packed See, and that you can keep keep that. Tell me why, right? People swear on salmon. People swear on egg salad. Um, I I can't do salmon. The only salmon I've ever had in my life was at Garth Glissman's wedding, and he had some sort of pineapple salsa on top of it. Oh, yeah. And and it was great because I didn't taste the salmon. I'm with you. I can't do salmon either unless it's, like, really, really fresh. Most seafood for me, unless it's, like, super fresh. If I'm sitting on a beach somewhere, okay. But in in Lincoln, Lincoln, Nebraska... I can do smoked salmon when it comes to sushi. That's okay. incredible. The smoked salmon's good. But that's that's cold. I can't do the throw it on the grill and give me some lemon with it. And No, I mean, I'll let my kid have as much salmon as in the ocean. Go for it. But dude. you can't do egg salad either. No, I just, I would rather do chicken salad. If we're going to go to the trouble of making or purchasing a salad sandwich... No on the ham salad, no on the egg, no on the tuna. But give me the chicken salad sandwich. Chef Nodder does in, oh. in that. It's incredible. Chef Nodder's incredible. Uh, let's, yes, let's just throw that, that I mean, out that's there. The, the, the chicken salad sandwich is, is it. See, the, the, the lovely part about egg salad, though, is I can just boil up you know, a dozen eggs, throw them all into a bowl, mash up with a fork, little mayo, little mustard, a lot of salt, a lot of pepper. Boom. See, I, I love eggs. Sandwiches for a week. It shouldn't be an issue with me. I've just not had a a good one. See, I, I'm not even we'll, gonna. Uh, I'm not even gonna get, get you get started here on uh, on hot dog salad, a little weenie mash. I'm not sure if you've ever gone for that one. That's 
That's that's. You, you probably, if, you, if you wouldn't like egg salad, you wouldn't like that either. No, no, I wouldn't. Bill Dolman right now is shaking his head in disgust at us. We will check in with the Pride of Fairbury shortly. His take on Fred's retention. And, of course, spring football around the corner. Nebraska back at it. We'll have full coverage of the uh, spring football presser, of course. Uh, Coach Frost, all of his assistants, uh, select players. That's uh, going to be awesome to get you kicked off. And then we're doing the show from Pius Monday uh, ahead of uh, Southeast and Pius District Boys action. We're down here at the Single Barrel here till 6. Come see us. Get a spot uh, ahead of Nebraska-Iowa with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it into Hour 2, Roadshow Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, back at our studios. We're at the single barrel inside the graduate uh, final real red tip-off of the season here. Final home game for Nebraska. We welcome in the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, wearing that red NBC hat on uh, the stream with us. Can watch Hale Varsity Radio as we're on the road. Uh, you have uh, Facebook Live with ESPN Lincoln, also the Twitter feed with ESPN Lincoln. So uh, check that out. Uh, Bill Dolman, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Bill, uh, good to spend time with you again on a Friday at 5. How are you? I'm doing well. And uh, as you well know, there are very few people as proud to be from Nebraska as I am in the greater Fairbury, Nebraska metropolitan area. And no more so than on a weekend like this when I will be calling Alpine skiing on NBC uh, properties, Peacock and the Olympic Channel from Germany and Switzerland. So when you have a background like I do from Fairbury, Nebraska, perfect compliment to be able to call men's and women's Alpine skiing halfway across the globe. You know, when I think of the terrain in Fairbury, it reminds me of Mount Buck. Right, uh, that giant pile of dirt uh, kind of behind the outfield there at Buck Belter back in the day. And wasn't that long ago? Well, it's been a long time, but I, the memory is folks climbing in and planting that big red flag. The, uh, the Jeffs yeah. are in action or were in action with some, some district ball. So uh, you got that going. And, uh, of course, you're trained and you're well-trained for all the ups and downs of, of the Alpine skiing sessions of course in switzerland it, it's it's like uh, the same typography i'm sure yeah well i you know i spent some time at nebraski 
and uh, got didn't? a good feel for it. Uh, <laughs> got a good feel for it. Usually it was about midnight. Uh, but, about 48 uh, Guinness is uh, in. <laughs> yeah, nevertheless, it is uh, well prepared me for uh, tonight's assignment. And, you know, when NBC first asked me to work for them about five years ago, one of the first questions was, could you do ski jumping? And I said, well, I'm from Nebraska. Of course I can do ski jumping. There was a slight chuckle, and that's led to a fairly decent relationship over the last five years because they, too, understand the uh, the background and the, the similarities. Uh, Nebraska, Switzerland, Mount Buck, Franz Montana, Garmisch. Yeah, it all makes sense. So I think people who are listening understand what I'm talking about. I get it. Bill, uh, let's talk steep climbs. Uh, Fred Hoiberg back. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, let's talk steep climbs. Let's talk Skiing just up, blowing, out your, yeah, blowing out your skis. <laughs> uh, poor Fred. I mean, there ain't enough vodka in the world for that poor guy. I mean, it's 20. Has he been to your house? <laughs> there any there ain't any left. <laughs> it's Friday. You know that. <laughs> we, we just we just IV it. Um seriously though, he got a got a fourth year from Trev. They've met, they've been meeting. We all like Fred. We know he can coach. He's an X's and O's guy. Clearly the talent evaluation and, and meshing has not gone on. Are you surprised? Or not, put your uh, AD hat on for a minute and uh, tell me what you think when you when you look at this whole thing. Well, we all know I should have been the AD and we wouldn't be in any of the messes we've been in over the last uh, 20 years, but I have full confidence in Trev Alberts. Um, mm-hmm. y- you know, it's it's a very difficult decision. It's, it's a very difficult climate. Uh, and Nebraska may be going against the grain and skiing uphill, if you will, in making the decisions that he's made with Scott and with uh, with Fred. Was I surprised to hear the news about uh, Fred Hoiberg? No, not really. Uh, you know, Trev's an athlete. He's got an a- athletic background and he's a smart guy. And I think he understands that there is a process. And to come in and just start blowing things out the first year, um, I don't think that especially that his his understanding of the Nebraska culture. So I, I I'm not surprised that he has been uh, willing to to work with Scott and work with Fred. I certainly hope after the baseball start that we're not going to hear Will Bolts on the hot seat. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> but I'm not surprised. I just think Trev understands the business, athletics, Nebraska, and it's just really not the way we do things. Um, have those guys gotten a pretty long leash? Yeah. Um, is the, you know, the, the reduction of the buyout and, and again, I, I'm working on skiing, so I've only been kind of the $18 million down to 11. It would seem to me that if you stuck around another year, that the buyout would be less anyway. Um, you know, cutting off, uh, you know, several thousand dollars off of his contract. Okay, that's a good gesture. It's not, I didn't think it was a significant amount, but that's a good gesture. Does he need to revamp his coaching staff? Well, that probably remains to be once the season is over. Um, but, you know, I, I just think it's the Nebraska way. And, and, and maybe that's an error, but give a good guy a good opportunity. And if it doesn't work out, okay, move on. Um, and I think Fred probably looks at it and says, 
Yeah, I get it. And if Fred was in the NBA and you talk about X's and O's, I, I think he's probably a great NBA X's and O's coach, but this is college basketball. Um, but I'm sure Fred, if Fred's record was what it was in the NBA, he would have been gone a long time ago. That's just the way it is. But Nebraska's different. We, we you know, it's not for everybody. Um, but look, let's look at it this way. Who would you rather have in a post-game handshake line than Fred Hoiberg, Doc Sadler, Armand Gates, and those guys, right? Well, it depends how heated the handshake line gets. Still, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Fred's going to lose it in the handshake line. So nobody in the Big Ten represents their university better in a handshake line than Fred Hoiberg, right? Bill Dolman's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Bill, when you look at just the, the, the record, though, I mean, I don't necessarily think I'm surprised either that Fred Hoiberg is going to be back for another year. But you, you say Nebraska, it's not for everybody. If this was a different Big Ten institution, do, do you think that, I mean, Fred Hoiberg would be getting a fourth year, regardless of the buyout, regardless of anything else? One in no. 30 on the road in Big Ten play uh, is only getting worse by record year by year. And it just does not seem like the, the program's going in the right trajectory. I can't argue with any of that. It, it just. And maybe maybe Trevor's like me, and it's just kind of a gut thing. You know, it's the same with Scott. You just kind of go with your gut, and you go with some faith and hope, and let's let's work out a deal with a handshake, and and hope that uh, everything. And hope is that's a strong word. We just hope it gets better. That you know what you're doing next year, and that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And if not, then we're going to make a change. All right. Um, do I think Fred would probably get the extra year if it was a different athletic administration, perhaps the guy who hired him? I would bet that maybe, you know, Bill Moose would say, yeah, I made a mistake on the, on the extending the contract and we, we need to go a different direction. But I think because Trev's in his first year and trying to establish things and, and show the look, I'm willing to work with you, but you got to work. Um, and I think that's that's part of it, too. Bill Dolman's with us on Hale Varsity. Uh, we're on the road here at the Single Barrel inside the graduate steaks and chops and whiskey and wine. And tell you what, tip off here at 8 o'clock, get dinner. So to me, Bill, the, the $4.5 million you're saving is okay. The buyout now down to 11 from 18.5. You're waving to air quote retention bonuses that Uncle Bill snuck in there on top of the the extension. Uh, and and the, the 3.5 down to 3.25 isn't enough, in my humble opinion, where, I mean, you, you should have knocked that thing down or tried to, maybe he did, under, under two if we're talking restructuring. But they didn't, and, and maybe the and, and kind of Trev hinted at this last night that it's going to go towards whatever new direction they go. And, and I'm not saying that his coaching staff is great. I don't think all of them are terrible. I think there's one glaring, one of these is not like the other, okay? And it's the guy you've listened to in recruiting and it's been whiff after whiff after whiff for three years. And whiff may be too strong, but, okay, you've, you've gotten a couple of NBA guys, but you've not put the right mentality and chemistry together because of role acceptance. So uh, you got to go a different direction, again, in my humble opinion, that way with your ace recruiter. And do you think Fred can all of a sudden snap his fingers and become a 
a guy that that wants to recruit. Yeah, he wants to save his job. He wants to kind of rehab his coaching image, I'm sure. But can he all of a sudden be, become a college recruiter? I mean, he kind of delegated that. You know, all of a sudden is is tough. The college basketball, though, you know, because of the, the size of the squad and, be, and if you can land a couple of the right people at the right time, you can turn around pretty quickly. Um, but that being said, I'll say it again. This is as talented of a team as Nebraska has had, just in pure, absolute basketball talent as the Danny Knee teams in the 1990s. But it's that elusive cohesiveness, chemistry uh, that is missing. And, it, you know, I watch them, and I'll watch them tonight. Um, it, it, they just don't seem together, and it seems very NBA-like. You know, mm-hmm. I spent you know a few years watching the NBA night, nightly, uh, and you could see they're just individuals that are really, really good, but just not really, really good together. And then you can see teams, and I'm, I don't want to bring up Tim Miles as a comparison, okay, to Fred and Tim. I remember you know years ago being in the Mountain West and calling Mountain West games, and Tim had a team at Colorado State that didn't have anybody over six six, and okay talent. Um, but man alive, they just played so hard and so together. And he got that team into the NCAA tournament. And again, this is not a Fred Tim comparison. It's just a team that sticks out in my mind that just played so hard together. And and eventually, and they had success. Did they beat everybody? Did they pull off a lot of upsets? Not necessarily, but they played hard and you didn't want to play them. And I don't think you look at this Nebraska basketball team and say, you know, for those 10 minutes a, a night, we're going we're gonna to take it to them and we're going to win. And, you know, Nebraska's really good for 30, but the other 10 buries them. And I, and I think that everybody just kind of expects that, kind of like they talked about with Scott's team. Eventually they're going to beat themselves. Well, eventually this Nebraska team is going to play itself out of a basketball game, and, and it's tough to watch. Bill Dolman's with us here. And, Bill, you talk about the, the talent on this team, one of the, the, the best, most talented teams since Danny, but the results aren't there. Does that mean, in your mind, there is potential for a, a quick one-year turnaround for things to be better next season? Yeah, I, I, because I believe that's, that's just the nature of college basketball. I think it always has been, but especially in this transfer era. You know, you know when Alonzo Verge came in, I'm thinking, man, alive, that's a great player. And he is a great player. Uh, but is he a great player within a college basketball system? No. Is he? Would he, would he be a, a really good pro someday? He might be a little bit undersized, but he's got the talent to play someplace at the next level. Let's face it, McGowan's, I still think he needs an extra year. I think he needs a little more size, but he probably will go to the, in the NBA and be a, a, a first-round pick. I mean, that guy can play. Um, but – if you can find the right guy to come in and, and be you know, a great point guard or somebody who's a leader that you know attracts everybody together, you can turn it around quickly in college basketball. I believe you now. Are they going to win 25 games next year? No, but could they win 15? <laughs> I think that would be a step in the right direction. Could they win 20 <laughs> with the right group? You know, if McGowan's came back and – uh, you know, I hold out hope that, that, that things can turn around fairly quickly. And, and let's face it, they've got a beautiful building. They've got all the support in the world. And, and you know, people want a winner, and they will support you until you really, really, they just don't want to be there anymore. And I'm sure there'll be 10,000 people at the arena tonight. 
Bill, a couple of minutes left here on the uh, Friday at 5. The Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman with us at Bill Dolman on Twitter, NBC Sports. Alpine event for Bill on Peacock and NBC this weekend. Spring football is Monday. All the assistants will be uh, part of a roundtable, some of the, the newer players. If you're a betting man, who are you betting on? Who are you buying stock in in the running back room for this spring? The running back room. I'd have to go back and look at the uh, the roster as to who is actually <laughs> there now. Next uh, question is what you're telling me. <laughs> I mean, there's so many guys. I, I, I know they got a couple transfers in, right, again? Well, they've had a couple transfer uh, out. They've, they've got Yant and, and of course, uh, Ramirez back. You still have Stepp and you have uh, um, the, uh, the, the tailback that is – really talented but but hurt himself that was Irvin and uh, yet oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's the guy that's the guy I was thinking of was Gabe Irvin and I couldn't place it you know it, I think that you know he showed some really good stuff last year before he got hurt and I believe that he mm-hmm. should be able to keep maintain that year of eligibility so you know I like I liked him a lot you're uh you're not gonna see Irvin likely or you won't see him in contact so poor bill dolman he froze yeah he's gesturing wildly (laughs) (laughs) bill put a quarter in the machine you good brother do you got us man that's not how we end it with bill his was mike is muted now i'm not sure if he realizes it well bill do you got us audible man well we'll have to pick this up it's, it's funny to see him well, appearing to be talking into the mic here, and we can't hear a thing he's saying. Well, we'll, we'll connect with Bill. We'll try and, and let him finish his thought here towards six. We've got to run. Bill, we'll be back with you here shortly. Java Chamberlain coming up here. Husker Baseball, TCU. Hail Varsity continues. We're here at the Single Barrel, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hail Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Roadshow Friday ahead of Nebraska-Iowa Husker Baseball down in, uh, well, Arlington, uh, the uh, multi-billion dollar ballpark, the home of the Rangers. TCU awaits. We welcome in uh, World Series champion, Husker legend, and All-American. Can I say the pride of Northeast, Jabba Chamberlain? Is that all right, Jabba? I mean, yeah, there's a few of us, but, uh, but I'll, I'll go up on the Mount Rushmore Northeast. So we'll count that one. Okay, there, there we go. So <laughs> you, uh, let's go through the Mount Rushmore Northeast. We've got to go with uh, Noonan, don't we? Was he a Northeast kid? Yeah, I think that. You go, we can go old school, probably Dam Kroger's up there. Got to throw a, a Moats in, don't you? Or a Pavelka. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's like now that I think about it, there's a lot of talented dudes that came out of Northeast. I mean, 
Trevor Johnson obviously played in the NFL, Erwin mm-hmm. Sweeney, uh, myself. You got guys that, you know, went to Creighton to play basketball and, you know, that run we had in the three and the four peat in the 90s was, was special and those, those guys are good. So may, I might be honorable mention on that thing. Who knows? Well, we'll just call Nan and, and get the official okay. <laughs> For sure. He's always, he's always useful. The, the self-proclaimed mayor of Lincoln. Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. So before we get into to the, the nitty-gritty here with Nebraska and TCU, uh, groceries. What did, what did you order for uh, for a Husker baseball watch party? Uh, nothing really. It's kind of just the the nuts and bolts of kind of the everyday. Your your sandwich stuff, your bread, your chips. Nothing too exciting. It was it was kind of a boring order for me today. Usually I throw something in there, but just one of those ones where it was just kind of the necessities to to refill the fridge and make sure you got enough stuff to get you through the weekend. There you go. Well, it was uh, it was delivery. You got to let me know how that works, and I will pitch it to Mama and see if we can get into that. Uh, Java reaction from from Sam Houston, uh, a tough uh, one and three start for the Big Red. We'll get to TCU in a minute, but overall, what were you expecting? And uh, I don't believe you've hit panic button. It's too early to do so. No, I mean listening to Will, you know, just talk about it and. and the three assets of what it is, offense, defense, and pitching. And, you know, I think just from listening to his and then kind of just the reaction of, of just watching it, and you know, it's it's one of those things early in the year, but he's like, no, what happened? What happened? Well, we've only been outside a few times, and it's been a scrimmage against ourselves. So, you know, obviously playing a, a team like that that takes advantages of our defensive mistakes, and, and we saw that all weekend. So I don't think it's not even close to the panic button. What I, what I think it does, is it allowed some of those young kids to understand the pace of the game now in college and get the get the rust off and get out there and you know get your first collegiate at bat or inning and just kind of settle in because you know obviously the weekend doesn't get any easier starting tonight. So I think just the the pace and the understanding of of how good college baseball is and and I think. If the people are pressing the panic button, they, they're obviously on, <laughs> on the wrong train for, for what Will and his staff is doing. So you know, I just think it's, it's cutting down the mistakes. It's just understanding, you know, what it takes to win. And, and I think they see that. And I, I, I feel obviously from the defensive side is probably the biggest lackluster. And obviously you got to throw strikes. You know, that kind of mm-hmm. goes hand in hand if you think about it. The pace of the game continues to slow down. You get guys on their heels. And that's, that's kind of what we've talked about last week of, of the pace and, and what it's going to be for these guys getting on the bump and get to work. So I'm excited to see the adjustments they made and um, get after it tonight. Jabba Chamberlain's with us, previewing Husker baseball this weekend against TCU, Hale Varsity Radio. Roadshow Friday here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate ahead of Nebraska and Iowa. So you know Coach Childress, you know Coach Christie, you know Will. What was practice like this week? How did they coach him up but also tough love him a bit? I think it was just basically just, just looking at it as a whole. You know, what did we do good? What did we do bad? What did we continue to work on? And I just – just the process of knowing those three and how meticulous they are about about the little things and the details, I think they're not pressing. And I, and I think it just takes on the culture of, of the leaders of the program. Of, hey, we'll be all right. You know, let's take a step back. Let's see what we did well. Let's see what we did 
that we need to work on and, and go from there. So I think now if we're having this conversation when we're 35 games in, I think it's a different story. I think practice is completely different. I think you're pressing a little bit, but now it's just being able to be outside, get adjusted to all that stuff, and, and I think the team is going to continue to get better. Let's talk about the pitching. Of course, uh, Perry going to go tonight. Uh, he had a really good uh, tweet quote earlier uh, this uh, this afternoon about you know bouncing back. Shannon, obviously, uh, on uh, Saturday, and uh, McCarville gets uh, the the ball on Sunday. As you look at the, the starting pitching right now, what do you like about the upside here, Jabba? The potential, not only with Perry but with these three guys. Uh, Will's going to let him ride and get into a groove, obviously. Nothing set in stone, uh, pencil versus pen, but uh, you're going with some guys that do have some experience either in Lincoln or elsewhere. What uh, what can the staff become here uh, moving forward? I think it's just it, it's going to be the consistency factor. It's going to be pitching ahead in the count, early, early contact, minimizing your pitches, and just understanding, you know, the importance of the length that you give as a starter, you know, and just that, that tempo and pace. And I think they've got the guys to do it. I mean, they, they've, they've been there. They kind of understand. They've got their feet wet. And I think it's just the, the ability to believe in yourself and to believe in your teammates. And I, and I think they've created that culture. And just to be able to see these kids grow and, you know, understand themselves more and to be able to – you know, make in-game changes. And I, I think that comes with just the experience and, and being in those situations. And you can throw as many bullpens as you want, but once it's second and third, sixth inning with one out, you've you got to make some pitches. Those are different. And that, that's just being in competition. That's being in the game. And I think they're just going to continue to get better and, and just understanding the ability and, and what they hold. And that, that means the tempo you know, getting it going, understanding the <laughs> defensive aspect and alignment and, and pitching to your strengths and, and not focusing so much on scouting reports, but focusing on what you do really well. Job, I, I just want to ask you about the, the performance from last week and how they bounced back. I mean, really, the whole pitching staff seemed to, to struggle last week, and I know some relievers came in and did well, but for the most part, the, the starters didn't set the tone as well as they wanted, and it kind of carried through the entire pitching staff how as like an entire pitching staff do you come together during this week and try to uh improving and get better as a whole group i mean it, it wasn't just a, a one person issue last weekend yeah i think it it, it starts with the guys that, that go out and, and dictate that and i think it's contagious you see you know and we all have competitions with ourselves and, and amongst our team is like okay well he went through the ball well i've got to go out and just keep going and keep going so I think it all starts at the top, obviously, with the mindset and Kyle coming in and, and doing and setting the tone for the weekend. I mean, that's, that's the importance of a Friday guy. <laughs> it doesn't always have to be the guy throwing 100, but it's a guy that you know you can rely on and count on. So as your Saturday and Sunday guys see it, and everybody in the bullpen just kind of feeds off it. So I think collectively just coming together and know that, you know, we didn't have our greatest weekend. But let's obviously not hit the panic button. Let's not do that with let's go out and let's start with this first inning. Like, let's not get into extended counts like we did at the start of, of last weekend and just go out there, get early contact, and, and start that pace for, for the rest of the game. And I just think that's a confidence builder in this, in this first inning on a bounce-back weekend for them. 
Job, I think they'll have a, a different approach, probably a, a, a smarter approach at the dish. They can still flex with their power, but uh, they, they don't want to be striking out as, as much as they did. Flipping it over to TCU, bud, they they are good on the base paths uh, through three games, uh, 10 for 11 stealing. They have three uh, dynamite hitters uh, in the lineup, but but just three that are that are dangerous and, and maybe someone else emerges as the year goes on. I mean, TCU is a really good program. How nuts did, did base runners drive you? Is that something that you let bother you, or were you able to, to consistently focus on the batter? And I ask that because it could be a factor this weekend for Nebraska if TCU gets on base. I was absolutely horrendous at holding runners. I was not good at all. I tried. I just – I didn't, there was something about it where – I just, I always tried to, there was something I focused on every spring training, especially throwing bullpens, mm-hmm. just because sometimes you get in the pattern of, in your bullpens, just getting and going and going and going. Well, for me, it had to be a strong focus on, okay, change your tempo, go quick, slide step, okay, now hold and step off. And just, for me, it was always a game I had to play with myself because I wasn't very good at holding runners. And I think that's just the biggest thing, though. Keep them off the base pass is, is number one. But if it does happen, it's just changing all of your your looks, your holds, and therefore you dictate the pace of the game. And those guys that run, you know, they're, they're feeding off you. And our job as, as pitchers is to, is to hold and change up their rhythm. So I think it's just switching up everything as far as slide step, hold, pitch out and you know, they're 10 for 11 now so they obviously done with a great success rate so it's just focusing on that and not giving away bases and I think that's a big part of it too is, is understanding that and it's okay the game don't start until you throw that ball so understand that you have that power and, and you control the game just as much as they want to try and control it. So Jabba when it comes to, to lining up and, and letting it letting it fly is there a, a Hall of Famer or a multi-time All-Star you loved facing? I mean, guys, we all watched growing up. You gotta, you gotta live it. What was? Uh, is there, a, is there an at-bat or a, a matchup that you really enjoyed? Maybe uh, a time or two in your career against uh, a standout. Uh, I mean, I love, I just, I love the, the aspect of like playing big programs and, and we were so close when, when I got there and I think for us I think the really cool part was we got to be on national television over 12 times and I think for me it was just knowing holy crap there's a lot of people going to be watching this game <laughs> and I think that was the coolest part of how special college baseball is and we're seeing it now with how much it's televised and, and all the other things so I think it was for me, it was, it was the Friday nights against Texas and, and just knowing it's on ESPN, they ended up doing extra training, so they had to switch it over. And it was all the players that you got to play against that made it to the next level. But it was just the understanding of how important getting off on the right foot was. And mm-hmm. I think it's just when you, when you play a powerhouse, it's always fun. Yeah. 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Couple more minutes. Java Chamberlain with us. Uh, stand out, of course, uh, with Nebraska All-American and uh, CWS participant, uh, World Series champ with the Yanks. You know the resume. Uh, Java, let's talk Major League Baseball. You, you've got a deadline looming here Monday, February 28th, for the collective bargaining deal between MLB and the union. Uh, we've got arbitration, pre-arbitration, uh, minimum salary, service time, tanking. Are you optimistic? Do you do you think this gets done, or are you worried about the season being axed? I'm, I'm a little worried just uh, how far the owners and the players are and, and money-wise with the pre-arb stuff and, and the CBT. I just, it's kind of moved three times, and baseball's moved down, then up. The owners have come up, but, you know, there's some year, almost $100 million difference. And, you know, when when you have that discrepancy and what the players have always done is protect our game, I think there's going to have to be a lot done here in the next 72 hours. I think it's gonna they're going to have to use all of Monday just, just because we're going to have to see the progress that's made each day. And once it gets to that 11:59 mark on Monday, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But I got to see some stuff happen in the next couple of days as far as just progress and, and the two getting closer together. Was that frustrating? I know in your career you've had to uh, to deal with that as a player, where it came down to you know almost a twelfth hour, not necessarily a season getting canceled, but you get started on time. Right, and I think it's just being in those meetings and, and understand, you know, the process that goes through them. It's it's not a real fun process. I, I was fortunate for the two times to, to be in the meetings, and we got things done fairly quickly, and so that was nice. But knowing the guys going through it and, and fighting for the union is is something that they don't take lightly, and it's just the aspect of making sure we get it started on time and you, you hear all these theories of how, how do we change this? Do we change the amount of games? Do we shorten this? Do we do that? I mean, everybody's going to have an idea, but just the integrity of the game is, is something that, that we as players always wanted to keep because the guys before us did it as well. Mm-hmm. And so we're not only affecting the next six years, but we're affecting 10, 15 years down the road on, on how guys are taken care of pre arb and what the percentage of days that you can be two-plus and, and get an opportunity to, to get a contract. So I, I think they're going to they're gonna do everything they can to get on the field because at the end of the day, if you're not on the field, you're not getting paid. So I think that's a, that's a big key component and what 
the game is trying to do and, and protect and also try to grow the game from, you know, our perspective. So I think these next two days are extremely important. And obviously that, that deadline on Monday. Jabba, we'll do this again. Always love your input and insight. Thanks for giving us a few minutes, bud. You got it. Anytime, guys. Good to get caught up with Jabba Chamberlain, Husker uh, legend and standout. Uh, good preview there at Nebraska baseball, TCU. And uh, that gets rolling here in about uh, 15 minutes. Nebraska down in Arlington. We're down here at the single barrel. Uh, Real red tip off the final one of the season, the final home game for Nebraska. We uh, bring back in the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. And uh, Bill, we hope you have us. Do you have us? Not if you can understand. (laughs) He's frozen again. I think I can hear you. Okay, we got you. We're good? Okay. Okay. So you... um, I was you explaining were the best flailing stock around. Right it was now wonderful. And why I think it's going to go so high. So I hope we get everybody. Everybody got that. One more time. You you, you chirped in and out there. I said I'd, so I, I gave everybody the, you know the hot stock as to what they need to buy. Right. Right. Now. We were we were going you know who you buy in stock wise at running back, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little bit more stock. And uh, investment in Ramir Johnson. And I, I really think it's going to come down to Yant or Step. Whoever has the best spring stays. You don't want anyone leaving, but the portal's the portal. I think Anthony Grant being here for spring balls, massive. And uh, you've got A.J. Allen and, and Emmett Johnson that'll be here this summer. But Ramir's the guy that is. Uh, took the brunt of the carries last year, and and I think you find that one-two punch. And I think Yant, if he can get coached up and and do his part, I really love his upside more so because of his age versus, I mean, Step, bless his heart, but he's been with SC, and he had a chance to seize a job that was wide open last year, and he just had one 100-yard game out of him, then it was milk carton time. Well... The thing about Yant is he reminds me of uh, Fred Flintstone when they took on Princeton and nobody could tackle the guy. That's how big he is, right? <laughs> so that's why he's intriguing to me. He gives Nebraska a completely different look. I mean, he, he looks like Johnny Mitchell at running back, if you remember Johnny the tight end. Um, you know, just, just a, a, a tremendous specimen physically, but he's got to have consistency. Now, I went back through my my notes here, and I'm and I'm recalling that Pittsburgh, with Mark Whipple last year, had three running backs with 100 plus carries, and 500 yards. So, we're not going to have Mike Rogier, LP, Amon. We're probably going to have somewhat of a committee again. I went and looked at uh, uh, Applewhite's crew at TCU, and they had three guys with uh, between 80 and 100 attempts and a quarterback with about 80 attempts. So, again, and and I think they had two guys with 600 yards and another with 400 yards. So at TCU last year with Applewhite, Pittsburgh with Whipple uh, last year, they basically utilized three primary, that doesn't sound right, three primary ball carriers. They utilized three. 
So Nebraska with Ramir Johnson, who, who looked good last year, let's face it, in, in behind a, an offense line that wasn't very good. I still, I, like I was saying before, you so rudely cut me off and, and shut my microphone down, and I'm probably going to another suspension. Um, <laughs> I thought Urban reminded me a little bit, and maybe it's because he wore 22, but he reminded me of Doug DeBose from back in the day. Um, but Nebraska has had many running backs like him since then, you know. Um, and then Yant, and then I think with all these guys coming in, you know, the two that are going to come in the summer, you've got Grant. That's going to be a pretty crowded room again, and there's probably going to be somebody not real happy, and you may not have somebody uh, after the spring who's there in the fall. That's just the nature of college football. But uh, Johnson, Irvin, and Yant, I would think, are the three, and then, and then maybe one of those newcomers. But I'm like you. Step should have been the guy, and he wasn't. Yeah, and, and we'll see uh, if – He's ready to really, really make a push, or if it's too little, too late for him, because you know he's a, a high-profile recruit out of Indianapolis. He flipped on Notre Dame to, to SC at the twelfth hour, and then had to, had to have surgery on his foot last spring. Bill, hang on with us. Uh, one more quick timeout. We'll be back to wind down a Friday. Here at the Single Barrel Roadshow Friday, Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, a Friday road show. It's Hale Varsity here at the Single Barrel. Big thanks to the Single Barrel for having us all football season and for some select real red tip-off ahead of Nebraska-Iowa. Uh, this has been incredible. Great food and drinks and specials and steaks and chops and whiskey. And I'm going to go dive into a bottle. I'm kidding. I'm going to have a sip of whiskey here coming up, Bill Dolman. You're looking at me disappointedly. <laughs> Getting that stare. We're streaming here on ESPN's Twitter handle, ESPN Lincoln. Uh, Facebook uh, Live always uh, with the StreamYard. Elijah Herbal is stuck at the studio for high school basketball tonight. Good for him. Uh, and I'm going to get my fat on, man. I'm going to pig out here in about five minutes. I can't wait to eat. Uh, it'll be good. Bill Dolman, you are cordially invited to PBA on the uh, 20th of April with me and Elijah because your friend and mine, Snoop Dogg, is performing not in Denver on 420, but he's in Lincoln on 420. Do the, uh, the, the, the friends of Snoop and crew need to send out a special thank you to Bill, you, Bill Dolman, to, to make sure Snoop lands in Lincoln versus Denver on 420? 
You know, uh, that's about the only news out here that's caused people to get out of a fog was when they heard that he wasn't, uh, their crown prince wasn't coming here and instead going to Nebraska. Um, you know, that's my NBC colleague. Uh, I posted that you know, I a thought. couple weeks ago on Facebook. You know, I worked the, uh, the, uh, the Summer Olympics this past August and uh, Snoop and uh, Kevin Hart did their show uh, on Peacock uh, for the Tokyo Olympics. So I, I just assume we're colleagues. I never saw him around the water cooler, maybe because they were in L.A. and I was in Connecticut. But nevertheless, I do consider us uh, NBC teammates, and I do hope that he enjoys uh, Nebraska much like Tommy Lee did uh, a couple of decades ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, hey, can we just say I, – I was, I was thinking about this a little while ago. God bless Jim Abel. All right, and, and Charlie mm-hmm. Meyer and all those people who who so many years ago said, you know what, let's build a baseball park downtown in the Haymarket. And it's kind of a field of dreams moment, which, by the way, I've never seen. But if they build it, they will come. They had the foresight to put Haymarket Park down there. PBA followed. You've got the development down at Haymarket. You've got major, major entertainment acts coming through the area. And all of that, to me, comes out of the seat of a guy who had a vision for the city of Lincoln, you know, to do something great for the town that would flourish one day, and it certainly has. And as a result, Snoop is spending 420 in Lincoln and nowhere else. That you know, I'm is go- the culmination of a dream. There it is. And uh, I'm <laughs> going to go two for two on my, my rap uh, interviews. Um, Warren G, when he performed, came on the show. I'm going to get Snoop please, on the show with us. Please. I'm working on it. 50% done. I'm not exactly sure that's what Jim had in mind when he uh, you know, had the concept and Charlie and everybody had, you know, let's, hey, let's put Haymarket apart because in 20 years, maybe, just maybe, Snoop will come to Lincoln for 420. But that, to hey. me, is the culmination of a dream. That it is. And uh, <laughs> as Cheech and Chong would say, nice dreams. So, <laughs> Bill, we'll uh, catch up with you next week, brother. Thanks for the time today. Go Big Red. Great to see you all. And can't wait to watch uh, the people hit the slopes like they do in Nebraska this weekend. A Huda Media Production.